Welcome to the Ali Maz Show, where we focus on human being and spiritual living with a deep inclination for the divine. Together, we delve into the seen and the unseen. We explore what it means to be well and whole from the inside out. Over the last 17 years, I've been focused on how movement, breath, and the power of the mind can liberate us from the template of our conditioning and carve a path to live a truly authentic life. My hope is that my guests will inspire and expand you to continue to choose the life that is yours. Welcome to the Ali Maz Show. Today's guest is Malia Manuel. Malia is a Hawaiian professional surfer from the island of Kauai. Her journey as a professional surfer began at a young age. In 2008, she became the youngest surfer, male or female, to win the U.S. Open of Surfing, solidifying her reputation as a rising star. Malia's story is a testament to the indomitable spirit of Hawaii and its people. She carries the legacy of her Hawaiian ancestors with humility and grace. As a professional surfer and a cultural ambassador, she embodies the essence of what it means to be a true water woman, making her family, her community, and the entire Hawaiian Islands proud. Welcome to the podcast, Malia. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Ali. I'm so, so happy to be here. And that was a wonderful, beautiful intro. <laughs> Thank you. I, it takes Thank me you. like, I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. Um, I guess where I want to start is is maybe how we met. I was trying to think of how long ago that was. I know it was likely like almost, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, maybe longer in Vancouver at my yoga studio. Um, and Malia was brought through a mutual friend through Lululemon to a Galvana yoga class. Is that, that's the first time, right? That's yeah. correct. Yes. Yes. And Shout out to Boz. <laughs> yeah. And what really struck me, I mean, obviously with that intro, you're such an incredible professional athlete at the top of your game. And I felt so moved that you would A, just take the time or even have the desire to come and to my little yoga studio in Vancouver and sit and be at a yoga class with teenagers. Um, and I know that we really share this a similar passion and heart for being uh, role models or mentors for young girls. And I just, yeah, I just have that memory. It's so fond and we've had the opportunity to collaborate um, again with teenagers. And so so I'm curious, um, what were you like as a teenager? Oh, I think I was a bit awkward. Um, I think I had a very different teenage life than your normal. I started competing in surfing at a very young age, and I think that really dictated how my teenage years went. And, um, you know, with surfing, your career is based off of opinions. And so that was really interesting to gr grow through my teenage years, trying to figure out who I am and also having a career based off how I surf, how I look and how I perform. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I know a lot of people can relate to that as well, but I think for my teenage years, it's, it was really interesting to grow up. I feel like I had to mature and grow up and, and go through a lot of ups and downs um, more so than your, your average teenager. Because you were how old when you won the U.S. Open? 14? I was 14. Yes, yeah. I was 14. I started competing around eight um, just for fun. And then it kind of domino affected into a, a bunch of different opportunities. So I continued on and um, and I just actually evolved away from competing after all these years. <laughs> wow. And what is that feeling like in this next sort of new chapter of your life when you're not competing? 
I still feel like I'm trying to figure it out. I think I go through different phases where I feel like I'm extremely happy. I know that I'm a lot less stressed, um, which is a, is a great thing. Um, but it's just trying to find that balance again and like recalibrating how I spend my days because all, every day was kind of catered towards how I can perform better as a person and as an athlete. And, you know, with all the different components of wellness, I was just highly fixated on anything that I could do to, to get better, um, to improve my craft. And so just kind of recalibrating and finding that balance between working hard and staying healthy for what I love to do, but not overworking and over, um, you know, stressing my body and mind, like I probably have (laughs) during that time. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. I used to be a competitive dancer. And when I stopped competing, um, it felt like a a death on some level or like grieving this piece of myself. And I think similar to surfing and with dance, like you said, it's opinion based. It's not as cut and dry as like you scored a goal and you won. Um, It has Mm -hmm. a little bit more to do. It's quite subjective. And I think especially as a young person, I mean, you still are a young, you're still young, um, you know, to constantly be grappling with what everyone else thinks of you and then trying to understand and get to the core of, well, what do I think of myself? And without all of these accolades or, or winning or being on the world stage, you know, who am I with, without those things? And I'm curious, sort of, um, that piece was a big piece of your identity, I'm sure. And so as you sort of, I know you're doing so many other things and you're an entrepreneur and it's just beautiful to watch you grow, but I'm curious, did you feel that little piece of grief or maybe a big piece? Absolutely. Yeah. Big piece of grief. Um, I think when I decided to transition away from competing, I had a lot of other personal things happening at the same time, kind of just when it rains, it pours. Um, and so I had a lot to recalibrate within my heart and physically and mentally. Um, and then, I mean, everything in life is a work in progress. So I'm still continuing on that journey, but there is definitely a lot to go through and a lot of grief for sure. Um, and when I first met you all those years ago, I was like, wow, I've, I mean, I've admired you from the moment I met you and at Girl Vana at your studio, I was just so excited for these girls to have the opportunity to, to share space with you. Because when I was growing up and competing and going through all that I went through, I was like, wow, I really wish I had Allie with me during these times. And, um, you know, ever since that, that first moment in your yoga studio with all the, the teenage girls, I just have admired you so much. And I just wanted to, to, um, circle back to that first moment we went, we met because, um, yeah, it really changed how I, I look at things and how, um, I approach, you know, speaking to other women as well. Mm, thank you. Thank you for saying yeah. that. I think Girlvana strikes such a chord with people because we look at it as like, I wish I had that when I was that age. And I mean, um, it's why I created it is I wish that at 14, I was able to have conversations about my physical, mental and emotional health. For me, that came so much later in my life. And it came from a place of, um, you know, hitting my knees many times in my physical, mental, emotional health. And I know these things are so important to you. And, um, and I, you know, I see you working out and doing all these things. And I also know that you have a deep spiritual connection to the land. And so I wondered if we could speak a little bit about Hawaii. And I know that you have, I think it's four generations on Kauai. And um, I just, 
I'd love to hear it in your own words, your connection to the land and to the ocean and to the water and what being a water woman means to you. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a lot to unpack. I think I'm still learning so much about my culture now. I think I've been so distracted and fixated on on my sport that now that I've evolved away from focusing on competing, I'm actually really reconnecting now um, to my culture and and um, for me, that's in the form of of hula and practicing, you know, the art of dance because that is how. Um, you know, my previous generations used to tell stories through dance. Um, so that's been really fun in the last like, couple of years. And, um, you know, Kauai has just shaped me as a person and as a surfer um, from the energy of being in the mountains and hiking and exploring in nature to being in the ocean and learning about just the changing of tides and the energy that you know, you're, you're writing something that's been created so miles and miles out in the sea, and you're writing like that last bit of energy, there's, you know, a lot to um, appreciate and acknowledge when you're in the ocean as well. Um, And so yeah, I'm so truly thankful to be um, part of a multi generation of Hawaiians on the island of Kauai. And, you know, I have so much respect and love for where I grew up and my community and and who I get to see in the ocean and, um, you know, share that love and passion for, for surfing. Hmm. I am a bad surfer, um, but I love it. (laughs) And I'm learning. I'm constantly learning. I just got back from Panama. I was there for the month leading, um, a yoga teacher training and a women's retreat. And as part of it, we do surf lessons. And I think so much about what the, what I love about, um, kind of the similarities between yoga and surfing is this idea that we have to release our ego and we have to give up control because we're not in control of what the waves are going to do just as much as we are not in control of what life is, is going to do. All we really can control is, is how we respond, um, to life. And I'm curious how that philosophy, because it's so deeply ingrained in you, um, what that looks like in your life now, you know, what surfing has taught you to prepare you for this stage of life, which might mean like less surfing or less competing. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny because, you know, you look at surfing and you're like, wow, I have no control, but then you also can, can kind of simplify and say, wow, I can give myself the best opportunity by being in control of certain things that can support the unstable and like, like, non-consistency that comes with mother nature and surfing so I think um you know you can create a product from consistent practice and I think that can kind of relate into anything whether it's surfing or life or your yoga practice every day is different but if you consistently show up for yourself for you know what it means for you and like why why you continue to wake up and do the thing that you do um it's exciting I think it brings some excitement and strength in other different ways as um is how I look at it mm-hmm. and I know you're someone who is so disciplined and I'm sure that just because you're not competing I'm sure that discipline still carries through your day-to-day um I'm curious what practices are in your life right now whether what types of movement or mindfulness practices that are, are helping keeping you grounded right now? 
That's a good question. I think for me, I am trying to practice the art of slowing down. I think that has been consistently something that I've always tried to work on. Um, I think as an athlete and many athletes, um, we get so fixated on something like for competing, it's like you compete and whether you get the result or not, you're fixated on the next thing. And that could be the next weekend or the next contest. And you really don't enjoy or for me I haven't really enjoyed some of the places that I've been and I've been to some incredible places um but you know once that event's over you kind of I just start to fixate on the next thing and I know that's a common thing that happens with surfers um and so it's really an art and a very big reminder uh for myself is the act of slowing down and um, you know, I used to do it like a lot of running and training and cardio and I go through phases now and I'm, I'm practicing knowing that it's okay to go through phases, just like the seasons of, you know, change in nature and how we go through different cycles, um, and just being okay with that. And for me right now, I'm after that kind of transition away from competing, I definitely took some time off from surfing and, and overtraining and kind of realized um, you know, slowing down and, and kind of acknowledging where I'm at and, and where I want to head and, and focus um, on on different things as far as um, my physical strength, because I needed to, because I had to for this certain, um, you know, thing that I wanted on a, a trophy or, a you know, points or um, accolades. So um, right now, I'm definitely trying to slow down and, and enjoy my time at home and, and surf for fun and enjoy um, you know, my friends that I've only seen, you know, a few times a year because I'm never home. And so kind of that's where I'm at um, as far as his movement. And, and um, yeah, <laughs> I love, I love this idea of, I mean, I think we all need to learn how to slow down. And I think specifically in a female body, because our, you know, like you spoke to the the cycles of, of nature where we see constantly rebirth and in decay and everywhere in between and nature to me anyways, I'm sure for you too, is the greatest teacher. And, um, there's a season for everything. And, and in particular of how we, we train and move our bodies as women, we're on a 28 day cycle, um, a hormonal cycle, which mimics the cycle of the moon, whereas men are on a 24 hour cycle, which mimics the cycle of the sun. And so I would think even in the way likely so many of us are training, especially athletes, we're training like men. We're training like that's sort of the blueprint for for um, so many things. And so how we actually as women honor our bodies where we likely do need more rest at certain times of the month, or we just do need um, to train and slow things down. And so I think it's really inspiring um, to hear you sort of look at the the relationship with training in your body in a different way, where so much um, for athletes, and I certainly felt this as a dancer, it was all about the outcome, and not really what my body needed on a day to day basis. And so, um, yeah, curious of what sort of that that process has been like for you to to be really listening to your body, and is that new for you to really listen, or um, has it was it something that was maybe instilled in you at a younger age? No, it's completely new. I think for me, it's funny you brought up with our 28 day cycles and how we move our bodies during those times. Um, because I'm consistently going back to this little chart on my phone and, and like 
figuring out where I'm at. I'm like, okay, like I'm going to sign up for Pilates this week and I'm going to do hit this, you know, or yoga or um, take it easy. So it's funny you say that because that is something that I have actually um, took the time to realize and honestly probably didn't want to realize when I was competing because it probably mentally would distract me um, because I just always had to be on for most of the year. And so, um, you know, with competing in the sport, they don't really wait for you. So you just really have to to commit and be disciplined and not really let those types of things affect you. Um, so it's been really fun to have the privilege and the time to to reconnect with my body and and still continue all the good habits that I've consistently learned throughout um, my career as well. Yeah. And what has the response been like since you've made the decision to stop competing? Like maybe A, from your family and your friends that likely get to see you more and then B, from, you know, your fans in this community that has sort of watched you throughout all of these years? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I really haven't talked about it much. I think there's still some wonder if I'm going to compete again or where I'm at. And I kind of really haven't publicly talked about it very much. So this is, is new <laughs> to me. I know. Cause yeah, as you were saying this, I, yeah, I was like, did I miss <laughs> something? I feel like I didn't see this online. So you're hearing it here first. Wow. I feel very honored yeah, to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Well, I think, um, everyone close to me is very understanding. Um, and I think the transition has been a little bit easier for me because I am so passionate about so many things outside of surfing. And so for me, knowing that a career is pretty short lived for a woman in surfing, as far as how you want to carry on in different phases of your life. And so knowing that I wouldn't be on tour competing forever, I've kind of work towards different projects and things that I want to pursue outside of just a competitive surfer. Um, and lucky for me, I've always found I've never really defined myself as just this person on the tour, which is very lucky. I think I've had the honor to have that mentality. I know some, some people are still just in a different thought process. Um, but I think through sponsors and support from people outside of surfing, that's been very helpful in my transition. And I think everyone around me really understands. And I think some people probably, you know, I, I do get people saying, oh, we miss you on tour and this and that. Um, but they have to know I'm a lot less stressed and I'm extremely happy. And I'm still, you know, traveling and trying to take advantage of um, where I'm at in my physical um, ability still like I I really want to surf these waves that I while I still can you know and while I'm healthy and and not be constricted to a time frame at these waves where you know I only have 30 minutes and I need to just get these two best waves um, so I've been enjoying you know traveling to some of my favorite places that I've been and new places and really just enjoying my health and um, my ability in other places because deep down I'm still a true surfer and I have, you know, places that I want to go and, and enjoy. Mm. If, as you were speaking, it felt like this, I, in my body, I felt like this deep sense of re <laughs> relief almost in a, in a in a way. And this idea of you, like you said, um, 
yeah, just like being on these waves for the enjoyment and not having it be this big pressureful thing and um, doing it. And I, again, I, I just feel like there's so many parallels uh, for me here too. When I stopped dancing, for me, I had to find ways to find the enjoyment again, actually, in dance um, and, and kind of strip it away from um, this being a career and, you know, my life at auditions and rehearsals, et cetera, to where can I find the joy again? Because there is this little person in me that came to dance because she just loved to dance and it wasn't about winning and it wasn't about what it looked like. Um, and then refinding the passion for that and then really starting to dig into what else am I so passionate about that I haven't had the time <laughs> or the energy to explore. And I'm, I'm curious what those things look like for you. Yeah, so the past couple of years, uh, one of my best friends at home here and I started a small business called The Sculpt Co. And it's all tailored around eco-friendly fitness accessories. So that has been extremely fun to pursue and help, uh, co-create. And it's been fun to see the support that the community here in Hawaii has given us. And um, yeah, it's 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 been fun to compliment everyone's wellness journey, whether, you know, we're all athletes in, in a certain sense, whether you run a mile or you run 10 miles. Um, and so we kind of created this, this small business, this company to help complement wherever you're at in your wellness journey. Um, so it really tailors to your goals of strength or for recovery. Um, so it's been really, really fun and, and such a creative outlet for me. I love design and I love, um, you know, art and, and aesthetics. And so that's been like such a great opportunity for me to focus on something else that I'm passionate about, but also being able to help a broader community in the wellness and fitness realm. Mm, I love that. The the products look so cool. And every time I see you using them or working out, I'm like, I want to come work out with Malia. Um, so for you, what was the sort of impetus in, in, in creating the product? Like, did you see a need in the market? Was it something that you had envisioned for, for years? Like how, how did, what was sort of the inception of, of creating uh, Sculpt? Yeah. So our main product is an eco-friendly sweatband for your waist. And so for me, I've always loved perspiring and being from a humid community when I'm traveling, I felt like I didn't really get that, that fulfillment from a really good workout and perspiring. And same with Candice, who is um, the co-founder of Sculptco she would travel with me sometimes on surf trips. And when we work out, we were just kind of, wow, we're really not as fulfilled as when we work out at home. And mm -hmm. there were other um, waistbands on the market. Um, but being surfers, our angle was sourcing the best natural material for your waist. And so our products are eco-friendly because they're made with limestone neoprene. Um, which is a high quality and more eco-friendly production um, of wetsuit. And so being surfers, we kind of had this like, oh, well, why don't we just take our wetsuit top that we wear every day and kind of just tailor it to when we're on land and, you know, kind of get that fulfillment and, um, you know, that satisfactory of a really good workout. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to try one. I'm curious how, um, you know, I think what we see so much sort of in the surf world and, and 
basically every industry is that we really let men be sort of men in a lot of sports, but with women in sport, there's a certain, it's like, be really great, but also be super hot, sexy, like, you know, um, there's more sort of emphasis, I think, um, in, in the sports world, especially in the surf world where, um, on body or on looks. And I'm curious how you dealt with that. Um, because even when I look at videos or things that are on YouTube, it's like, oh, she's a great surfer. Oh, but she's, and she, and she's really hot. Or like that girl can actually surf. And it's just these funny, this sort of condentation that kind of gets stuck on. Um, so I'm curious, curious about your relationship with your own body. And I know we've talked about this before and it's, it's, it's a big piece of the work that I do, especially with young women of the relationship to body when, you know, it's hard enough to deal with our own body image, but when you're again on the world stage, you have all of these Instagram followers, people are looking at you and and making comments. Um, how have you sort of reclaimed that for yourself too? Now you're creating products for (laughs) wellness and fitness. And so I'm just sort of curious of that kind of pendulum for you. Yeah, well, I think um, I've all, I've had a hard time with my relationship to my physical appearance. I think growing up and wanting to be this strong surfer that surfed really well, I think there is that factor taken into consideration when training and, you know, um, refueling. Um, and then there's this factor of I'm in a bikini for my career. <laughs> Um, and I have these opinions and being a woman and sometimes even with sponsors, you know, it's about how you look, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's, that's not a secret. (laughs) So it's been really difficult, I think, growing up. Um, but for me, I think being so passionate about my sport and wanting to get better at my craft really helped me. I think, you know, having a passion that is just beyond a physical appearance and, and, and having that reminder when you work out and train, it's, it's something so beyond the, the result or the appearance. I think it's more about internally and how you feel. Um, and it's really difficult. I get distracted all the time and I'm 30 years old and I still, you know, have, those ups and downs of, okay, what makes me feel good? Oh, you know, versus what's my mind telling me this is going to make me or feel good or look good. Um, But I'm just really thankful. I have tried to keep kind of my life private in a sense too, and, and just kind of focus on being the best surfer I could be. I think that really helped me because with social media now and everything, thing um you know everyone has an opinion of how you should eat or how you should train or how you should look um it's so difficult and i i mean i still struggle with it too sure I, yeah i think we all do i think it's how we use these tools and i'm curious about the way uh, intuition plays in your life and intuition around how you move your body what you choose to eat um intuition even about these next steps in your life um yeah, what's your relationship to intuition? I that's one of my favorite words because I think just being like circling back to being in the ocean and in nature, you're really having to stay you know there's there's not much talking that go, happens. You're really more silent in the ocean and you're kind of adapting to all the changes of mother nature and um you know, intuition comes from having a clear mind for me. Um and 
you know, whether that's, you know, in your personal life can affect, you know, your sport and everything. And so, you know, having a clear mind and always kind of trying to circle back to awareness and check-ins with yourself, because that kind of has that ripple effect into, you know, making good decisions and acting upon intuition, um, you know, in personal life and in a career like surfing. And so for me, intuition is huge. And that comes from having a clear mind and always having like self check-ins and um, really trying to reconnect with what my body needs at the moment. And that's kind of an ever, ever going process, um, you know, with our busy lives. And sometimes I create distractions or I want to be busier because I don't want to deal with whatever I have to deal with. Um, So I kind of get in that cycle sometimes too, where I'm overworking out and I'm, you know, like over tiring myself and my mind and my body because I don't want to reconnect and actually, you know, kind of slow down and be, oh, you're right, intuition. (laughs) I'm trying to block it out, but I need to circle back to it. Totally. I I sort of um, put it in two categories. We either run or we numb when we don't want to feel something. And I think a lot of us know what we put under those categories. Like to me, running is like maybe quite literally running or over-exercising or just staying super busy. And numbing when we don't want to feel can come through, you know, like the doom scrolling on social media or, you know, episode after episode of Netflix or drinking or drugs or whatever. Everyone has their sort of vice or their thing. Um, And it's really, and I do it too. I mean, when I got back from Panama, I find I do it a lot when I come back from these big experiences and I, I'm like not ready to to process yet, then I'm just like, I'm just going to stay busy and do all these things until my body slows me down. And that's always my thing is like, I just get sick. My body's like, now you have a head cold (laughs) because you're not listening. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, the body has this barometer, right? Where it'll tell you, okay, you're not listening. I'm going to whisper to you and then I'm going to get louder and then I'm going to hit you upside the head, um, (laughs) until, (laughs) until you're ready. So, um, you know, all of us have intuition. It's not just for some, it's everyone has it um, and our ability to listen to it. And I just really appreciate you saying that because it's not always easy to listen to our intuition or say you listen to intuition, but to actually act is a whole other piece that takes so much bravery. So you could be hearing like, okay, the intuition saying, I want to stop competing, but you know, you could go on like five more years still competing. Um, So it's one thing to know it and it's another thing to act. Absolutely true. You're totally right. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and the, I think that when we act, it's like, um, I talk about this a lot too. and, And a lot of my guests on the podcast have sort of said something similar. Sometimes when we act on our intuition, we could, um, disappoint others. It's maybe not what people mm. want. And I'm curious if you have any experience with that when you've really chosen yourself or chosen something for you and it maybe has let other people down. Yeah, I definitely have experience with that. I think, um, mul- multiple experiences with that, um, kind of enabling just the yes, 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 when you should say no. I think that also is one of the hardest things to do because you fear letting people down. Um, And that's a big fear for me because of my career and wanting to please, you know, 
the opinion of how I advance on into surfing and in events, you know, I have like that mindset of like, well, I need to impress these judges that are going to write these scores down so that I can continue on in my competition. So there's that like mindset of like trying to please and, and, you know, could just continuing on and it's, it's kind of snowball effects. Um, and so in that actually in surfing has translated into my personal life where I just kind of say yes, yes, yes to, um, you know, all these things that come up and, and sometimes, you know, I just don't, I just don't want to say no, cause I'm scared and I'm like, I'm fearful. Um, and so I totally relate and it totally happens to me, you know, to this day where I'm really trying to be okay with the confrontation of saying no. I think that's like a big thing for me. I really don't like confrontation because I just want everything to be still and like beautiful and it's all good. Everything go with the flow. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to teach myself to have more confrontation to say no. <laughs> totally. Finding your voice in that. And, you know, when we say no to um, – someone else often it's the saying yes to ourselves like on some level you said okay yes to me and what I want and Mm -hmm. it might mean a no for someone else and I think um I certainly relate to that and I think just as women and as girls we're sort of conditioned to be people pleasing and to be yes people and to go with the flow and to not create any upset or kind of rock the boat. And so when a woman Mm -hmm. has an opinion, this is certainly what I've witnessed, and especially as an entrepreneur, as a a businesswoman, um, I find that when a woman has an opinion, it can come across like, you know, it's like, oh, whoa, okay, you know. versus when a man has an opinion she's difficult. it's difficult. Yeah, she's difficult. She's a bitch. She's this, she's that. Yeah. Versus when a man has an opinion it's just like he's just speaking and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay." Um and so I think it it's finding your voice um and finding your no is just it takes practice. It's like so much practice and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. But I think the older I get when I say yes to something I don't want to do, it's like it feels like a betrayal now to myself. It feels like I let myself down and I want to stop mm-hmm. doing that. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to really, really uphold myself, uphold my energy um, and and really allow myself to like have the things that I want. And, and for me, I'm really, I might present quite extroverted, but I'm really introverted. Like I get my charge from being alone, which means I have to say no a lot to things. Me too. Yeah, (laughs) me too. I totally agree. And, you know, I think that's the fun thing about getting older, you kind of have this like easier time, you know, circling back to what's like best for you and who you want to spend your time with and how and, you know, creating those like healthy habits and your, you know, like your internal environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Yes, the internal environment, the cultivation of the internal environment. I think like when I was, you know, in my 20s, I I don't even think I knew what that meant. Like, what do you mean internal environment? I just lived my life for everyone else. And I was, you know, a dancer and a competitive dancer. You're a performer. And so you just sort of learn how to put a mask on. And I'm sure probably for you too, on tours and doing all these things where you're so front facing, where you kind of have to be like smiling and everything is fine all the time. And um, Mm -hmm. when you start to tend to the internal landscape, like 
what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I needing? And what am I ignoring? Um, and it starts to accumulate to a point where, you know, sometimes we break physically, mentally, emotionally. Absolutely. And I think for me, um, you know, movement is a big part of my life for that reason. Because I think when I, you know, do, let's say strength training, and I'm like, wow, that was really difficult in the moment. And then afterwards, I feel of like this better sense of self, and like this, like confidence in myself. And I think that's also a big factor um, within is like having that inner confidence um, to, you know, create that for, for yourself and your internal environment. Yeah, it's like an embodiment. I find after I move my body, I'm like, oh, I'm actually occupying myself versus Mm -hmm. when you're not moving, we just tend to live upstairs in our mind and we start taking our minds really seriously and believing everything we're saying and thinking. And, you know, I certainly, I still have those days and then I just go, you know, do a practice or even go for a walk or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I just needed to move. And I think that's something we forget that. Or I'm like, why am I so depressed and so down today? It's like, oh, I just didn't, I haven't moved my body or I didn't eat breakfast it's some, it's always just the simplest exactly. things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what kind of movement right now is is lighting you up? For me right now, I'm really loving yoga sculpt. Um, I've actually been teaching a bit of athletic sculpt. It's kind of like my version of yoga sculpt here on Kauai at um, a local yoga studio. And for me. I get really nervous like the night before I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to make sure my alarm's on and I have my playlist ready. And I like, can't be late. Cause I'm going to like let this whole class down if I, if I don't show up. But once I'm there and I get the music going and you know, um, everyone's moving in sync like that to me, I've found just recently from teaching is the most incredible thing when people are moving in sync and you're, in tune with the cadence of a song and everyone's flowing. It's just like one of the most incredible feelings. And so now I'm just like getting energy from that and, and a, a, a new different type of confidence um, from, from teaching yoga sculpt. And for me, it's one of my go-to workouts. It's just something easy that I've always been able to do traveling as well. Um, I love that idea of, of flow, like when you, and I know it cause I, I, you know, that's part of my life too, is like moving bodies together in a room and the energy that it generates within the room. And, um, I practice alone sometimes too, which, which I like, there's a moment in a time or a season for that, but being in a space where people are moving, their breath is connecting at the same time. You're feeling and listening to the inhale and sort of this collective release or sigh. And I think um, now more than ever, especially in a post-pandemic world where we need community, we need to be with people, we need to be breathing and moving and sweating and and being together. And um, I'm curious about the way, like how community, the role of community has has played out um, in your in your life, in your career and now. Oh, it's huge. I think, especially growing up on such a small island and, you know, surrounded by water, we're all pretty much surfers who just, you know, our day revolves around surfing if it can. (laughs) Um, But it's actually really beautiful to dive into 
the yoga and movement community now um, that I'm spending more time at home. And it's, it's really beautiful. I think I, I've never really realized like how strong of a community we have here until just being able to spend more time. I think the more time I spend, the more in awe I am of the community here and in all of Hawaii. Um, but it's just, it's amazing. I think there's such an unexplainable strength that comes from community. And I'm so lucky uh, to grow up and, and be involved in, in the community here. I watched um, this beautiful film that I think your friend made and um, last year. And is it just called Malia Manuel? I'm not sure. Is it called something? Yeah. Oh, I think it's just called Malia. But yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's shot, I think, in at home um, in a beautiful island and um, just I mean, I'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but it's, I was like brought to tears. Like it's so beautiful watching the waterfall and you underwater and it's just, you can feel the heartbeat and the pulse of this land. And it's just so beautiful. Um, it's truly like the most awe-inspiring, uh, footage Thank I have you. seen. It's so, so, so incredible. Um, what a beautiful place to, to grow up. Thank you. Yeah, that was really fun to create. I think that was also such a a fun way to transition away from competing because I've always wanted to do a film and um, and the goal was to be able to reach abroad and show people how fulfilling a simple life can be whether it's like a swaying palm or like a texture of the ocean um, and so I think Morgan did a, such a good job at capturing kind of that goal of mine and kind of like less is more like I didn't want to have kind of a documentary and be talking and trying to articulate how special of a place um, Kauai is and the other places that I was honored to travel to. Um, and I just really wanted to visualize like that, that fulfillment from simplicity. And um, that was really, yeah, really special to create. Mm, it definitely does exactly that. And I think it felt like a meditation watching it um, truly. And my my next question is is sort of and I ask all my guests this and it is really this ineffable kind of hard to put words to <laughs> but if you could um explain your relationship to source or maybe that word is universe or god or for me it's divine uh when I watch a film like that I think like you know there's there's no doubt there's something greater because look at the beauty that our earth contains. And I'm, I'm curious what that means for you or your sort of own definition of, of soul, spirit, creator. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think for me, it's, it's definitely energy and the universe. Um, there's a certain energy that I feel when I'm home. Um, that sense of calm, even just landing from, you know, just landing into the airport here, there's, there's just like a shift in energy um, for me. And I'm so thankful to grow up in such a beautiful place, um, such a privilege to have a vast amount of nature surrounding me and, and being able to be in the mountains or be in the ocean. I think for me, tapping back into my true self as being in nature. Um, and I think I'm just, it's such a privilege to grow up somewhere in, um, like this in Hawaii to kind of tap into that energy in the universe. Mm. 
Yeah, so beautiful. Do you have another place in the world other than Kauai that that feels sort of like a soul home? I know you've traveled the world um, with surf, but curious if there's anywhere else in the world that you're like. Yeah, another place that I absolutely am in love with is Tahiti. Mm -hmm. Um, And I honestly, it was my first time last year going to Tahiti. I never got to explore that beautiful country until I finished competing. And that's what really was just like, oh, wow, there's just like so much to explore. And I've just been so beholden to the schedule. And so for me, stepping foot on Tahitian and French Polynesia was something just so special. And that might be, you know, some sort of energetic thing because of just the the generations of Tahiti and the Tahitians that sailed to Hawaii. Like I, you know, I, I think I might have just kind of felt that deeper connection on a generational level. Um, but for me, that place is just so special and it's people and the love they have um, for simplicity like here and in Hawaii is, is something that's second to none really. And um, so I've really enjoyed spending time there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've never been and I, it's definitely on the list. What do you feel like you are most proud of right now in your life in this in this phase? What what sort of um yeah, when you think of sort of everything that you've accomplished um and now it seems like things are shifting and changing and perhaps coming back to the simplicity. So, yes, obviously, you can be proud of being the youngest person to do the thing, but but away from that, what what is really giving you sort of that pride for yourself? For me, I think the pride in, I've always stayed true to enjoying the journey. And I think that was advice that was given to me at such young age. And you kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird to think about when you're, you know, younger, but it always stuck with me. And I think I'm most thankful and most prideful for, for that concept throughout my career. And, and, um, you know, take it into personal life and professional life and surfing. And so for me, I'm most prideful for, for really staying true to that because I really do enjoy the process of all it takes to, you know, um, look to a stronger future always. <laughs> And I'm sure you have many, many more dreams. I feel like this is just the beginning of all the things that you want to create. Is there something that um, that you're dreaming up right now? Or is there something that feels, uh, yeah, like something that you want to accomplish in the next few years that you're sort of setting your mind to? I think I have all these little projects happening and I'm just actually for once so thankful I can really focus on being in the moment because for so long, I feel like I've had to, you know, I've known where I had to travel for um, the beginning of the year till the end of the year. I just kind of like had this regime and this schedule. And so right now I'm really excited to try to be more in the moment because I'm, um, I'm able to, and I have the time um, to really dive into the projects that I'm currently in. Um, so that's actually just so exciting to me, which is kind of the opposite of, you know, like, oh my God, I want to do this and I do want to do that. But I've honestly haven't had time to just kind of recenter and like spend time at home. And for me, that's just like so exciting and so important to me because I just love being here and, and kind of just growing, um, you know, my small, my small bit, our small business and, and tapping into, you know, 
staying healthy and, and inspiring everyone in their in their wellness journey. Um, but honestly, like big picture, I'm just so happy to try to spend more time being in the moment. Yeah, I love that. My teacher always says like, what time is it? I'm like, it's now <laughs> because it's always now. Like that's what it, the time yeah. is always right now. And I think we get so caught up kind of, um, yeah, in, in both spaces, especially you who, yeah, where well, your year had been planned out for you before you even step foot into January 1st. And so to have all the space and all of this time and um, we lose so much time future tripping, you know, and imagining ourselves in the next location and the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much beauty and there's so much time in the now, you know, when I really allow myself to slow down and, and be present, I have a little lull in my travel schedule right now. And even though the days are short because it's winter, I'm still like, wow, there's so many hours in a day <laughs> when, yeah. I'm not, when I'm not, you know, killing myself traveling and being busy and, you know, with the groups, et cetera. When I'm home, I'm like, oh, there's so much beauty in just this, like, this day. And I have this little hammock outside my place. We currently live in LA. Um, and I just look up at this tree and just watch the trees sort of blow. And I'm like, this is the best thing I could do today. I can't imagine a more worthwhile right. practice than staring at right. this tree for an hour. And, um, but that took a lot of sort of deprogramming for me to really totally. allow myself to just it's have hard to do that moment. Yeah. 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 It's really hard to do for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's and why here, it's just so proud to be. <laughs> centered than home but I really would love to have a Lady Vana retreat with you and take some some women surfing I think that's something that would be fun to look forward to Oh my gosh. Okay. Again, you've heard it here first. We've had many firsts in this podcast today, but that would be such a dream come true. And what I love about with Lady Vanna bringing people together in these beautiful destinations, but having surf be a part of it and, um, you know, this, there's nothing, I don't know, I've been doing retreats for so long and many different experiences. You know, we do sweat lodges in Mexico, Temescal, or we, you know, go and do all these fun adventures, but there's something about surf where people's eyes change. Like they get out of the water and I'm like, you're a different person and the way it lights them up and almost creates like it's addiction is the wrong word, but people are like, when do we get to go again? And just, I don't know, it really adds to this experience too of shedding layers, releasing the ego, being humble, letting go, not being in control, um, failing really, I think is what surfing has taught me most is like, especially when you're a beginner, you're, you're failing constantly and being okay with that and getting back on the board. And, um, those parallels are so beautiful and it just makes for such a beautiful relationship as we dive into this deep unraveling of inner work. And then you go surf. It's like the Mm -hmm. deepest release possible. Totally. I totally agree. I think there are so many different parallels to relate, um, with surfing and being in the ocean to whatever, and wherever you are in your life. And yeah, totally. And I, like I told you, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still a very novice surfer and, you know, um, learn very much learning. Is there anything in your life that you're, that you are learning right now that you're like maybe bad at <laughs> or, um, you know, it's not coming as easy as, as maybe surf does for you? Oh my gosh. A lot of things, like everything besides surfing and working out. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah, I mean, like I still circling back to, um, 
you know, practicing hula, I think, you know, I watched, I've grown up watching Mary Monarch, which is a huge festival um, on the big island every year. And it's just, I'm in awe of like how our bodies can move. And so for me, that's something new and exciting and kind of scary, you know, and I'm trying to video myself like, oh, definitely not moving how I should be moving. <laughs> so for me, that's, um, it's dance for sure. <laughs> I, I love saying, that. There's just nothing of me dancing hula on the internet yet because <laughs> it's just the thing. <laughs> I love that. And that's why no one's seen a video of me surfing yet because I get out of the water thinking, wow, I really, I really crushed that. Those waves are really big. And then I got on the beach and I'm like, oh, no, they're not. That was just like, you know, a two foot wave. But I felt, you know, like I, I felt like I really did something there. Um, but I think it's so important for us to challenge ourselves. And it's so important for us to get outside of our comfort zone and, um, and try something new. And I think as the older we get to, we sort of lose that. I think we're afraid to look totally. stupid. And I'm, and, you know, and I'm sure for you, people, you know, you, people know who you are and, and, you know, I'm certainly when you're at home and then you're doing something that you're maybe beginner at, it's like, it's a, like I said, it's like an ego thing where you just have to let it go and just be okay with failing and looking stupid. Totally. (laughs) Totally. That's why I don't play, my friends make fun of me because I don't like to play like board games because I don't want to (laughs) lose. I'm like, no, I'll I'll pass on that. Like monopoly, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Like just, count me out because I just don't even want to give myself a chance to lose and hello ego <laughs> ego <I know>. knocking <laughs> the, the competitor in me is still very strong too and it does come out with board games I have to say like my husband is like calm down like there's like you're so aggressive and I'm like oh yeah that's just that little competitive one in me that wants to do it right and um yeah, the, the losing um, and being humbled and looking stupid, I actually think is such a, it's become a way more powerful practice to me. And the the releasing of perfectionism and not always getting it right. Um, and I think that this comes for, for all athletes or anyone that's done anything competitively. Perfectionism is like, it's like an addiction. It's like a drug. Um, totally. And, and it, Yes. How has perfectionism, you know, are you deprogramming some of your perfectionist tendencies? I'm making an assumption, but I just always think that, you know, we're all perfectionists to a certain degree. Totally. Perfectionism rules my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so I'm, I'm definitely slowly trying to deprogram that, like you said, and it's a constant, constant practice. Um, And it's funny because honestly, like surfing, you can never perfect. It's all, you know, it's something that you will never be able to master. There's always something new to learn or to create for yourself. It's like, it's, it's art. Um, so it's kind of funny that I have like such a perfectionist ruling over me. Um, but I'm trying to be okay with that. <laughs> Go with the flow. <laughs> totally. Is there, is there anything, um, that you would like to share for for young women you know that's where you know my heart is and I know for you too and I know there'll be a lot yeah. of teens listening to this podcast and I'm I'm Please. curious now as a 30 year old woman um just some advice or, or just things that you wish you knew or just things that 
bear repeating, you know, I know sometimes our advice sort of tends to feel cliche, but there really are cliches for a reason. <laughs> so I'm totally. curious some of the advice um, for the young, the young girls that are listening. You're right. I mean, a lot of things when you're younger, like this is so cliche to say, but honestly, advice as far as, um, you know, conditioning positive habits, I think is a huge one for me. And I think that has always been something that I've circled back to and am thankful for is conditioning positive habits. And also, um, you know, understanding the awareness and consciousness of who you spend your time with and what you do with your time and having wise decisions on how you go about that. Because I think that is really, really important. And as you grow older, you realize like how much people evolve and relationships and it's okay to disconnect sometimes and being okay with the, you know, ever-changing evolving of a human being. Um, and so choosing time and who you, who you want to surround yourself with wisely. Mm, that's such good advice. And I think we, I, I'm still learning that too, you know, like in the evolution of people, I think as I get older, the more I see who's really evolving alongside of me and then, then who's not, and who's not really here for this, you know, cause I'm so committed to my own change and evolution. And sometimes people want you to stay the same or it's more comfortable for, for them if you're not growing, um, and, right. and being okay, kind of what we were speaking about sometimes disappointing other people and, and what it means to choose yourself. And especially for, for teens, I think, growing up and being at high school or in a small place where you kind of are like stuck with the certain friends that you have, um, it can be a bit more challenging. But when people aren't supporting you or supporting your growth, you know, you don't have to be friends with them. It feels more intense when you're younger, but the older I get, mm -hmm. I just feel I'm like, bye. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time. Right. Um, and, and the more you become who you are, and this is always like this cliche thing, like being who you are, but that's the whole point of life is to discover who you are in your essence and bring that forward. Um, the more you will attract the people who are for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my, my last question is, um, sort of one around mental health and, and, um, how we deal with uh, our, the thoughts in our mind. <laughs> and I know this is a really big question, but I speak to women a lot around this topic of ending the war within ourselves or how we actually can find kindness and compassion. And as I said before, you know, like watching those thoughts and choosing something differently. Um, how, what is your relationship sort of to, to your own mental health and what do you do when the mind gets really loud or when the doubt comes in or when the perfectionist comes in or when, you know, it's chirping away, it's not enough, you know, movement we've talked about is, is sort of one, but I'm curious if there's anything mm -hmm. else or anything you say to yourself that allows you to get out of the, the kind of hamster wheel of the negativity. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, especially because there is like, I do struggle with not being enough often um, in surfing and personal life. So there's always that sense of, okay, circling back to yourself and, you know, having that internal confidence and reminding yourself, what am I good at? And how am I, you know, how can I lead by being like a leader and lead by example? Um, and so I think there's a lot of 
distraction that happens. Um, but I think, you know, circling back to that, like internal confidence, um, within yourself is really huge. And for me, my relationship with my mental health, I, I kind of have been able to, this can be good or bad, but sometimes I just like block, I, I block everything out and I have to like perform. And so for me to open back up takes like a ton of different layers to unfold again. Cause I've added all these layers to try to do this thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And so for me to kind of like dig back into myself takes a lot more time, but um, you know, I've definitely had a, amazing mentors and I think you're an incredible example of someone who, you know, creates such a good space to open up and talk. I think that's extremely important. And, um, throughout my career, I've had, you know, sports psychologists and a lot of it has to do with, um, for me is like just your personal life reflects in your, in your professional life and your sport. And so, um, you know, knowing it's, you know, there's, everything's connected and there's so many different components to it. And, and just trying to bring awareness to like, where needs more energy? How can I create like this, like certain balance? Because, you know, there's so many different components to, you know, how you think and, um, you know, how you can get yourself to back into center. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really it, all it is, right? Is coming back home to yourself and, and recognizing when you're not home, <laughs> when you're not right. in the center of yourself and you're living up here in your brain and, and how you sort of, I always have this visual of like walking down the staircase from my head back into my heart. And um, I'll do that with breath where I'm, when I really feel like, okay, I'm gone and I'm like way in the past or I'm like totally in the future of like, how can I can bring myself back? And like you said, the sort of compoundedness of like, okay, well, I have to perform. I got to go do this thing and getting further and further and further away until you sort of lose yourself. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this sort of reclaiming of your, your, the present moment, being in present time, being conscious in the moment is, is really step one. Um, but it's not easy. And I, I think that's why part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast was like to have these conversations of, you know, how do you do it and what does it look like for you? And then to just dispel a lot of the like, oh, like five steps to feeling great. It's like, it doesn't always work yeah. that way. You know, there's no kind of quick or easy fix and everyone sort of has their own own journey with it but um mm -hmm. it's just such a pleasure to to speak with you and and to hear you know your insights and and also to to have this conversation in the at the precipice of this this new chapter for you and I'm Thank really you. proud of you and inspired by you in the ways you you continue to create and I'm just so excited to, to see what comes next Thank you it's so lovely to catch up and chat and I think it's fun to kind of connect on a broader level and kind of, um, you know, speak out loud some of the things because I think for me a lot, I've just kind of kept private and internalized because like that's, you know, just this little piece of me that I can kind of keep safe. And I think a lot of people think that, that they know, you know, people, but it's it's fun to like open up and connect. And, you know, there's so much more to everyone than what meets the eye really totally I know I was trying to find like interviews or podcasts where you were just speaking like 
as you and they were all very like surface and sport related. And I was like, I want people to really know Malia because there's such a beautiful, <laughs> full heart behind all of this success. And I just think that um, it is so inspiring to see. Um, and this is what I love about women in general um, is just our ability to our ability to kind of rebirth and be reborn and re and create a new it's sort of, that is our, our blessing and our gift is that um, we're just creators and we get to just channel all of this beautiful feminine creative energy into um, what we love. And you're certainly doing that. And I just know that you. whatever you do inspires and touches the world. And I'm so excited to collaborate. I feel like, yeah, stay tuned for, I'm going to stop recording <laughs> and we're going to have a little business meeting. So <laughs> So thank you, Malia, for your time. And um, where can people find Sculpt or where can people find you? What's the best way for us to stay connected to you? Yeah, I'd love everyone to check out. It's called The Sculpt Co. S-C-L-P-T. And you can find us on Instagram and also myself on Instagram as well. Um, It'd be fun to connect and see how we can complement your wellness journey. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Malia. Thank you.